Welcome, everybody, to the latest episode of In the Flat Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Kill, joined, as always, by Jordan Schultz. Um, so, um, obviously, this is our Instant Reaction Podcast. Uh, I am labeling this Look Past Your Opponent Saturday because that's what a lot of teams did this past weekend. Uh, we came into this weekend not thinking much. We're all looking forward you know, to next weekend and getting ready to watch all these amazing games next weekend. So, we thought, oh, this is going to be really a snooze fest this weekend. I felt I think the teams felt the same way because they definitely came into this overlooking their opponent. Um, and there was a lot of games that were close that should have been. There were some weird results, some upsets. Um, you know, so let's get into it. So I'm gonna give a recap of some of the crazy I thought crazy results, and then we'll dive into it game by game. Um, obviously in Missouri winning that crazy, you know, 61 yard field goal to beat Kansas State. Um I thought Penn State, Illinois was really sloppy the first half, and Illinois, if they had any type of offense, could have won that game. Florida State was winning 31 to 10, ended up winning 31 to 29 against a really bad Boston College team. Um, Notre Dame for about a half, um, you know, really just did it turn on the the burners there. Get Central Michigan then pulled away in the second half. Uh, then you had Alabama that looks like they have no quarterback at all was struggling mightily. I thought they might lose this game against South Florida. I never would have thought that. Uh, Georgia was down 14 to three and a half against South Carolina. Uh, you had you know, Ohio State 14-10 in the second quarter. You thought that was going to be a game until Ohio State really started getting things going throughout the rest of the game. Florida, was, we thought, had no chance going into you know, sense, even though it was in the swamp, and they just really dominated this game from start to finish. Uh, Michigan had a really sloppy performance with three interceptions by J.J. McCarthy. Uh, Texas was 10-10 in the fourth quarter till they pulled away. Uh, then you had Colorado, a 23-point favorite, losing by you know losing by 10 in the fourth quarter, able to come back and win in double overtime. So um, crazy games. It's like you weren't expecting these games, these results, these struggles. Uh, but that just shows you you can't look past your opponent. I think a lot of these teams are wrestling players. Um, you know trying to get as much as they can for next week. Or like in Texas, they just beat Alabama. They probably were like riding a little high, maybe trying to get some of their players rest after a, a tough weekend. And, and Wyoming almost made them pay. Uh, so let's dive into it, um, you know, game by game here. Uh, we'll start with um, the Georgia-South Carolina game starting at the top of the um, the poll. Georgia ended up winning this game 24-14. But like I mentioned before, they were down 14-3 to three at half. And you really, for me, betting $50 on South Carolina win, I was really like, in my feels, but oh my god, am I gonna get this this money? And I did not. So thank you, world, for that. Um, but Georgia just really clamped down on defense. I think South Carolina only had two possessions in the in the third quarter and they got stuffed, and then they just weren't able to score any points in the second half at all. Um, Spencer Rattler really, you know, kind of struggled in this game. He really started off the game strong, uh, but then struggled for a pick. Um, I would say Carson Beck, I gave him like a C or B. Performance. He played okay. He didn't lose the game for him, but he didn't win the game for him either. You know, they, they, you know, it was just a kind of an ugly, grinded out win for Georgia. And maybe that's what they needed to wake up that offense a bit for future games. But I didn't come away impressed from Georgia. What were your, what are your thoughts on this, this game, Jordan? Like, <clears throat> it's another game where it's a slow start. And I, I'm, I'm more worried, you know, not worried. If I'm a Georgia fan, I'd be worried to go into the, some of these games. You know, they have a really kind of slow their, – their schedule is not great. But, like, you're going to go into some of these games that teams that are a little better, scrappier, can win these games that are easy. Not easy, but they win these games that are close, you know, like a Missouri, you know, like a Old Miss, Florida even. Georgia goes to the Swamp this year. Um, those games right there, they're going to start slow. It's going to be tough. And this game, it was – it was slow. Their offense looked just off. I think the one shining thing, and I know Tony is like the biggest thing for Georgia, is their their run game is not there. That was the biggest thing that I think held them in this game and, and, and gave them the win is Edwards for going for 118 yards on 20 carries and having a touchdown. I think that really helped them, and it kind of showed that they have a run game. I'm still kind of a question mark on Carson Beck and how he – he just looks kind of not – I don't know. I, I think it's more he's not confident. And I think this offense is not making him confident enough to throw the ball and do what he wants. Like, 
I think he there's so much on him right now, especially early on, that you know Georgia you, you, Carson Beck you need you're the guy that needs to carry Georgia to the national championship game, and I think that so, like he needs to get someone needs to sit him down and talk to him and be like, hey, it's okay, play your game, you got this. But right now, I, I think Georgia. Luckily, their schedule is easy, but yeah, like I said, they play in the swamp. Uh, Missouri is a scrappy team. Kentucky's yeah. a scrappy yeah. team. They play at Auburn this year. Those games, if you start slow, you're in for a rude awakening come the third or fourth quarter. If they run into any type of offense that can, which I don't think they, <laughs> I don't think that's on their schedule. If they run into any type of offense that could put a string of couple drives together where they score touchdowns and get up like twenty-one to three instead of fourteen to three, they may be in some trouble. And remember last year, Missouri, you know, started getting all those points against them last year. And they had a really, luckily had a, the offense to catch up and, and win that game. But if that happens again, I don't know if they can do that. So yeah, I agree. I, 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 they're, they're playing with fire a bit. They, they've started slow in every game. Um, I just don't know if they're motivated. You know, they, they won multiple national championships. They probably come into this trying to get there to the end and they're, they're probably boring opponents. They have to play. They, they had to wake up here in the next few weeks. I think the swamp will wake them up, but um you know, but I think they'll have to do it, or they're going to get, they're going to get beat and um, ruin their season here. So, something to keep an eye on. Um, next up, let's go to number two, Michigan, who won thirty-one to six. This game sounds like it was an easy game, but it, it wasn't. It was fourteen to six at halftime. J.J. McCarthy, you know, for all the talk of Jim Harbaugh saying he's a generational quarterback that I haven't seen since Andrew Luck, and all these pl- people have been talking about how he should be a Heisman candidate. His eight for 13 for 143 yards and three interceptions and two touchdowns just shows me when it when it when it going gets tough this year against those tougher opponents. This is what happened to him last year. There was a couple games he showed up, there was a couple games he didn't. I'm just thinking back to that TCU game when he threw three picks. If he I mean, he just he has a tendency to do this. He's a gunslinger of sorts and he likes to try to win games where he should just really rely on it, make the right call depend on his running backs but at, at times i feel like he just gets a little erratic what were your thoughts on this one yeah <clears throat> i i think um it's just I, I don't know if it's the night night game jitters i mean michigan doesn't really have a lot of night games so is, is it that he can't play it at night I, do you we know we don't um but yeah it just looks like jd mccarthy didn't play like we've you know honestly we haven't really seen him play great in my eyes, but throwing three interception doesn't make you a generational quarterback. Yeah, it happens, but you're also playing Bowling Green, who is basically like your little brother. It's you know, it's it's across the border in Ohio. Yeah. So <clears throat> you're playing Bowling Green. You should have these. You know, you should have this game. You want that Heisman talk? Throw for 400 yards against this team for three or four touchdowns. Dominate this game. Show on a more national level because it's a night game. Not there's not that many night games, so you you you're on TV more. Show everyone that you can compete and you're going to dominate even these teams that are lesser. But it didn't show. He had a horror. He had a bad game. Yeah, you know they they all did. Michigan did not look like themselves. Honestly, if Bowling Green. Uh, controlled the ball more. They threw two interceptions. They lost a fumble. If they controlled the ball more and didn't turn over the ball, I think this game would be a lot closer. And I think it goes back to Michigan has that really good defense, and I think that won the game for them, that, that great defense. I do wonder, like, if they play a team with a pulse on offense, like a Penn State, the defense is going to have to really step up if Jamie McCarthy has one of these games. Um, and so – you're asking a lot of that defense. They can't be perfect every single game. So you're going to have to really figure out what you're doing here and, and correct a lot of things, but this is good that it's happening now for Michigan. If they can see, they can go back and Jim Harbaugh wasn't coaching his game. He was still doing his suspension. So maybe he comes back and works with him and show him, Hey, this is what we need from you going forward. Maybe they need to make him more of a game manager until they need to make, have him make plays because those interceptions can get points when you start going into conference play. So, all right, uh, next up, number three, Florida State. Um, they 
survived a late Boston College rally to win 31 to 29. They were up 31 to 10 here. They they should have just wrapped this one up, but Boston College kept coming um, and almost you know almost was able to win this game. Uh, Jordan Travis, I had a, had a quiet game. I know he got injured in the first quarter, first half, but he was able to play. But you know, really quiet. 16 to 24, 212 yards and two touchdowns. I guess like it's a bad Boston College team. They did rest like four linemen, I think, in this game, Florida State. So again, you're overlooking your opponent. You're resting players because you got Clemson next week, um, and I think they're looking ahead to that game. So this is what happens. So, but now Clemson ended up, you know, looking better in their game. Obviously, gets a lesser opponent. Now I'm kind of wondering um, that game next week. So what do you think of Florida State and? I know you had them in the you know, final four. I think, you know, I did too. Are we second guessing that with Clemson ahead next week at Clemson? No, I, I don't, I'm not second guessing it. Um, Boston College is a weird team to read. Yeah, they can be bad, but then they somehow, I don't know, beat up on a team that you would think they should lose to and things like that. And it was also Boston College um, bandana game. A lot of emotions, a lot of things. And then Florida just looked, like you said, they were resting a lot of players. Um, they just had some sloppy mistakes that costed like turnovers and touchdowns for Boston College, things like that. And their defense, I, I, I don't know if, if they, how much they sat on defense, but their defense just looked kind of sloppy. I think, like you said, and like you call it, you know, they, they're not, they weren't looking at this game like it was anything. They were looking past it. And, and yep. They, this was a probably one of the games that was more looked past than any other game. And um, but I, I still believe Florida State has the ability, especially like you know, to see a team be able to finish the game and compete at a high level the whole way through. Yeah, it was 31-29, but Boston College had the ball in three under three minutes or under four minutes at 29 points. So their defense showing resiliency, being able to finish the game. I think that that shows a lot of character on the team. And I think it's going to transition over till next week and, and they're going to be fine. I, I think, like I said, Boston college is a it, uh, Boston college is always a weird team to read. Um, they always just somehow seem to put up points when they shouldn't be putting up points and their defense plays out of their mind sometimes. So, um, but yeah, <clears throat> Florida state looked kind of off this week. Uh, looking forward to next week. I think that's basically the biggest, biggest thing this week, but that was what Florida state was doing. So yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Um, I'm sure like, I think Clemson and Caden club look better, but again, that's terrible competition. I, I I'm interested to see that game next week. Florida State Clemson. We'll talk about it in our preview podcast coming up um, next next this week. Um, but yeah, this that's going to be an interesting one to add to the list of games that's going to be fun to watch next week. All right, moving on to number four, Texas. Um, as we mentioned earlier, they were tied 10-10 in the fourth quarter when they scored 21 points. Um, Quinn Ewers had a really terrible game. Um, 11 of 21 for 131 yards and two touchdowns. Um I know this is kind of one of those come back to earth games after playing really good game against Alabama. I will say for Wyoming, maybe they should be in the Big Twelve because they beat Texas Tech. They gave Texas all their all they can handle. I mean, it's geographically makes sense, and they're playing well. Let's go to throw them in the Big Twelve too. Why not? Um, but Texas here, I, I think this is just a simple like resting some players, getting really being high from that Alabama win and then coming back down to earth a little bit against this Wyoming team. What was your thoughts? No. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I think that's what it was. I think, you know, resting players from a, a, a tough Alabama game. <clears throat> I mean, I wouldn't, you know, Alabama players are twice the size of Wyoming players on defense and offense. Um, the biggest thing I think with this Texas, uh, this game was that Texas was a little sloppy at points. Um, six penalties and Wyoming just controlled the game um, offensively for a long a while. They had over 17 more minutes of possession. Um, other than that, I think Texas, like you said, it was a come down from the high of playing Alabama. They still won comfortably. Um, they, they it show, I think, like you said, they were resting players, but they showed 
right after, like, you know, they scored 21 points in the fourth quarter. They can do it. They can put up those numbers fast and easy. So I'm not, I think I'm not worried about where Texas is going to be come, you know, the next couple of weeks. They play Baylor. They play Kansas. I, I think they're, they're only, you know, they're looking forward to playing Oklahoma. And I think that right now is, you know, it was a look past opponent this week, but they're look past the next two opponents until they play Oklahoma. So I, I think it was a come down from the high and just kind of easing back into being a normal football team. Because if you beat Alabama, it kind of, especially you're, but you're on that I high. Now, though, does that Alabama win look a little worse this week? Because Alabama struggled against South Florida, I I don't think it looks worse. If it was at Texas last week and the Alabama won, or uh, Texas won, it'd be different. But because it was at, at Alabama, Alabama, yeah. and they went in there and they didn't just beat Texas or Alabama. Texas dominated the game the whole way through. Even though it was a close at points, they just looked like the better team. And that's why I still think the game against if it was like I said if it was at Texas, it'd be different. But going into Alabama after almost beating Alabama last week last year, it still counts. Still big. Yep, I agree. Um, all right, moving on to number six, um, Ohio State. They won sixty-three to ten. As I mentioned, this one was close in the second quarter. It was fourteen ten, and Ohio State just. I think they're, you know, combination of Kyle McCord really starting to play better in the offense. The defense looked a lot better, um, turning turning over um, West Kentucky four times, um, really helping to, to get 35 points in that second quarter to really pull this one away. Um, the overall, I think this is the most impressive showing so far this year for Ohio State. And this is kind of what we expected every game this year to look like for them. And they, they struggled out of the gate, but now they're maybe they're starting to gel and get things together. What were your thoughts here on Ohio State? I think the biggest thing for Ohio State is actually naming a starter, one hundred percent. Putting your faith in that one guy, I think it it helps lower you know the stress of being the okay you know Kyle McCord sitting there, you know, and he's like every pass has to be perfect. Everything I do. <clears throat> has to be great. I have to have the best game every week so I don't get benched. But this was the first time where he's like, okay, I can have a little, do a little less and be something else. And I think that's what, this, what we saw, um, you know, last year with Georgia. After Stenson Bennett had that one year, he came back his second year and was more comfortable. It looked like didn't care what really happened. And I think that's what we saw this week. Also, but it was against a lesser opponent in Western Kentucky where they honestly this whole season for Western Kentucky has been kind of eh, not like what we've seen, what they can put up points and everything. I know, Tony, um, if anyone placed a bet on Western Kentucky to cover the spread, message Jess Saban on Twitter. Um, He'll work with you on that. Um, But, you know, I mean. Second quarter was looking pretty good. If you cashed out right then, you would have been looking good. So, same. But you probably didn't. So, I'm sorry about that. Um, yeah, no. So, I think interesting Notre Dame, Ohio State next week. Should be, again, we'll talk about that on the preview podcast, but that's going to be a interesting one. Um, I think it's um, interesting to see Kyle McCord back on the road in a nighttime environment, how he does, how that team gels. But it should be a fun contest. Um, all right, moving along. Number seven, Penn State won 30 to 13. Again, this was an ugly game. It was 16-7 at halftime for Penn State. Uh, Drew Aller had a not a great performance, 16 of 33 for 208 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, you know, it was just kind of there. Um, but it was about the defense of Penn State and or maybe the lack of offense um, on Illinois' part. Luke Altmaier, the, the, the quarterback for Illinois, threw four picks in this game. Um, he, and then, you know, his, um, I guess, backup John Paddock for a touchdown um, and 129 yards. But I just don't, I mean, this is an ugly game. This I don't think Illinois can get anything going offensively. Uh, their defense obviously always plays well. And so they were able to kind of help keep them in the game for the first, um, you know, two to three quarters. But then Penn State just kind of pulled away. Um, any, any thoughts there on Penn State? 
Um, <clears throat> good defense, I think. <clears throat> yeah, Illinois' offense is kind of lackluster. It's not really anything to go home about, you know, anything. So, but Penn State's defense, it really showed that they, you know, these scrappy games. Illinois' defense is always – anytime I feel like nine, not every team in the Big Ten, but like the, you know, teams in – the Illinois teams, the Wisconsin teams, the oh, Indiana – Ohio, Michigan, those teams right in the area right here are always tough. No matter if they, if Ill, no matter if you're zero and seven or seven and zero, you go and play Illinois, Indiana, Ohio State. You no, know, the bad teams, Illinois, Indiana. You know, they always give you that that scrappiness. Um, Ohio State, the first week against Indiana, uh, that was a scrappy game. That right here showed that it's just a conference game. So it, it makes it – it's a scrappy game always, especially in the Big Ten. They always beat up on each other, no matter who it is, unless you're Rutgers um, and you just lose always. But that was what this was. Penn State's defense looked really, really good. Offense looked kind of – I don't know what they're looking to next week. Or maybe I they're – Looking forward to Iowa next week, but right now, not, uh, their defense looked really good, and that was the shining point right now of Penn State, which they need is that defense. Yep, agree. Um, all right, moving on. Number eight, Washington. This is to me has been the most impressive team so far this year. Um, they won this game over Michigan State, forty-one to seven. Michael Penix with another huge game. Throwing for 473 yards and four touchdowns. Um, they really shut down Michigan State defensively as well as Noah Kim, their their quarterback for Michigan State, only threw for 136 yards and one interception, no touchdowns. Really dominated this game. Michigan State got a late touchdown to get even get on the board. This was the complete domination by Washington. Um, this is at Michigan State. So, you know, it wasn't like this was at Washington. This is at Michigan State. And they dominated us like this. What, what are your thoughts on, on Washington? Or do you do you agree with my statement? They're the most impressive team so far. No, yeah, they're they're definitely the most impressive team. <clears throat> they just put up points. They don't. They they honestly don't look like any other team that's playing right now. Who starts slow? They once the game starts, Michael Penix Jr. is on the gas the whole time until he's taken out. He puts up numbers. He plays like he with like his heart desires and. Honestly, I think they're right now the best team in the Big 12 or Pac-12. And they honestly look like they have the best offense behind. Uh, honestly, it's a close USC-Washington, but USC has had slow starts. Washington yeah. just looks like they right, they want to they wanna have a lead so they can take their starters out. And yeah. that's, they, this week was another example. And I also think the Penn State or Michigan State weird situation situation yeah. didn't help, help anything michigan state but i also think washington looks dominant michael Penix juniors junior seems like he wants that heisman more than anything and he looks comfortable no matter what he's doing and washington's going to be a scary team to play when we get to oregon in the next couple weeks usc the next couple weeks you like they have a tough schedule but their offense can put up the numbers and I, this was another showing that Washington is probably has one of the best quarterbacks in college football, if not the best quarterback right now, in my eyes. No, I agree. He's, um, I think he's neck and neck now, with Caleb Williams, as far as the Heisman. So um, good for him. And you know, this is why I picked Indiana. Have that good season. A couple years ago, because I, I knew he had it's, this potential. But then, you, so. but then you talked about it. You talked into an existence, and it just kind of. Well, you know, hopefully, I don't talk about it too. This is now where he just has a terrible nah, he, season. I think Washington has a good. He, he has. They built a good team around him in the yeah. last two years. That it's I not think. just all him. I think Indiana was all him. So yeah, yeah. All right. Moving along, number nine, Notre Dame. I, I was at this game yesterday. It was an ugly game. It was 41-17, so 21-point victory. Um, this was, uh, again, look at past your opponent. They have Ohio State next week. They rested. Um, they have some injuries. 
I think they were a little over conservative with, so they rested some players on defense and offense. They um, they rotated a lot. Of, they pretty much play all their second, third string defensive players on the line and the corners. There was a couple of drives where they they scored a touchdown. They had their backups in. So and that was earlier in the game. So I feel like um, Notre Dame just didn't have their foot on the gas this whole time. They just kind of looked sloppy. Offense looked good. They had a lot of big play explosions. Audrick estimate had 176 yards rushing. Sam Hartman had another good game, 330 yards and three touchdowns. Um, so, yeah, overall, it is kind of sloppy. But, again, I think they're kind of looking ahead. I will say the refs of this game, I think it was ACC refs, they, they just – terrible calls where they, they just called phantom calls and – calls that kept the drives alive for for very for central michigan on this one um so but yeah you know for Notre Dame, you just get out of there for win nobody got hurt i remember got a little dinged up but i think he's fine so nobody got hurt you're going ahead to ohio state any any thoughts here in Notre Dame? no like you said they, i mean <clears throat> this is one of the ones that you just the team's looking forward to the next game um kind of thing they're resting players they looked a little sloppy here and there but they got it done. They still won comfortably. It's like, you know, they – I think the biggest thing with this game that come, is coming out of this game is, you know, they can – they're a dual threat team. You don't know what they're going to do, and I think that's the scariest thing. There's a lot of teams right now that only can run, only can pass, and, and they can do it both. And the good thing – um, right now, I think is that they have a, a, a competent backup, also. Yeah, Steve uh, Jelly. Yeah, Jelly. He looks good. He looked good in the Tennessee State game. He looks good right now. He, he not in the, he played. He threw two passes in this game, but still, he he looks good. And I think that's the biggest thing is if Sam Hartman does get hurt, knock on wood, he won't. But. Their backup's competent enough, maybe to still win these. As long games. as it's not Ohio State game, if it's like yeah, just a like. Louisville, maybe they have a chance. You know, I, I'm we're not definitely don't feel like he could beat Ohio State here or anything. Um, but yeah, I feel like, um, yeah, he has, you know, he's getting some good experience this year and we'll see what happens with him next yeah. year after Harmon leaves. So. And and the big thing with this season is they have their, their explosive plays. I mean, estimate with a 41 yard uh, run, Chris Tyree with a 76 yard touchdown pass, uh, reception. Merriweather with a 76, you got a 39, a 42. The big plays is what you don't you don't really see at Notre Dame. Yeah, and it's usually grind, grind you out, score that way. But yeah, they're they're that, they're big player nothing kind of thing right now, which could be scary if you're playing a really good defensive team, but also it means eventually you're gonna break a couple of those off and get back into a game as well, which they haven't been able to do in the past. So in the past, when they get behind a a big team early it's hard for them because they don't throw the ball like that but now i mean if i'm a Notre Dame fan i would you know feel more comfortable that i'm down like 14 points we are still in this game you know that kind of thing yeah all right moving along to uh, ugly game alabama um number 10 alabama beat south florida 17 to 3 um this game was three three at halftime jordan um and South Florida is not a great team, so that's surprising me. If this was Central Florida, I think Central Florida would have won this game because uh, they have offense, but South Florida does not. Um, Tyler Buckner, me and you, obviously, following Notre Dame, we, we, we've seen a lot of Tyler Buckner. We um, we could have predicted this was going to happen, but he played much better in Notre Dame than this. I don't know what's going on here, but 5 of 14 for 34 yards and a 15 QBR. It was a raining. 15. I don't care if it's raining. you got to be able to – Get better in a 15 QBR in Alabama with their offensive line, though. I will say it's been terrible. They have a lot of five star guys, but they're not re- ready. I don't think yet. Um, oh, what are your, what are your takeaways here in this one? Um, is it, uh, this is the Alabama we have not seen in a long time. <laughs> you see a sitting Nick Saban walking in the tunnel, he looked like a defeated man. I, I actually felt sorry for him. He looked very sad. I just want to say that. And, and so, when, when an Alabama relies more on their run game than their pass game. We know something's wrong. And the thing is, their running game is not that great. I mean, they had um, what Ron- Rodell Williams had 129 yards. But, I mean, that was – it took them a lot to get there. I mean, that was 17 carries. Um, I just feel like, man, this, this team is just not right. They don't have their skill players right now. Um, 
I just don't see it on on the either on the running backs or the the wide receivers. I don't see anybody that scares me on that team right now. And I think that's different about Alabama. Uh, they always just had those. The defense obviously looks good. It helps that they were playing against South Florida, but I just don't like. I don't see it with this team. No, yeah, I definitely don't. I, I think that there's it's that quarterback question. We haven't seen an Alabama without a quarterback. Mac Jones, Bryce Young, Tua. You know, you had these players. Jalen Hurts. You had these players. Quarterback-wise that are doing things in the NFL. I don't see NFL caliber quarterback on Alabama. I don't even see not uh, their their offense does not look like Alabama's offense and I don't know What's going on there? But something has to be done. And um, thank you for taking Tommy Reese from us. We 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 appreciate it. Um, I did see somebody post that um, they're ready to return Tommy Reese and Tyler Buckner that they had their like uh, thirty no. day return. But we ha- we have a no return policy here in Notre Dame. So yeah. we and, and it's been thirty days already. Um, yeah, it's past that. We you know we can give you some store credit. We we can't we can't re um, we can't take the items back though. So yeah, we can um, give you half store credit. Um, it only goes to the Notre Dame bookstore, so I don't know what you're gonna do with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Now you can send us a never player. We'll take that. You know, you know. Down I don't road. know who we want on their team. We don't want anybody offense. Maybe we'll look at the defensive side and, and get some players from there. So, um, all right. Moving on to number eleven, Tennessee. Honestly, I didn't see this coming. I, I, I was messing with Florida fans on Twitter this week and saying, "What is Florida going to beat Tennessee at?" Because is it football? And I was wrong. I, I'll, I'll eat my. Um, you know, wrongness here on the podcast, but Florida won 29 to 16. Tennessee just can't win the swap. Uh, I didn't think I was, I just thought Tennessee was gonna be better, but we mentioned on there that Joe Milton, you know, he's could be inconsistent, and he has been in the past, and that's what we got here. He had 287 yards, but um, he had two touchdowns at a pick, but his QBR was ro- low, he, he had to throw a lot of passes. He just wasn't, you know, this wasn't connecting throughout the game, and I, you know, I was surprised. Four to one. What do you, what do you have to say, Jordan? Um, I just, I, I don't know why we didn't see it. <clears throat> Maybe it was just because we didn't. You know, it was a game that we didn't want, we didn't care too much about. But Tennessee does not know how to win in Florida since uh, 2003, 2002. One of those two. Teams just can't win in Florida. Utah lost your life. I mean, it's a tough place. The swamp is not, I mean, it's not an easy place to play. The humidity and all that, too. I just, you know, it's different. Yeah. And it, I, I just think that Tennessee's offense looked uncomfortable, didn't look explosive. And honestly, this was the win Florida needed. I think this is huge. I think this really made, you know, it was a, like I said, it was a make or break game for their recruiting. And this was a make game. And I think Florida is slowly trending up in my eyes. Um, oh, I'm not, I'm not going that far yet. I want, I want to see some over. Slowly, slowly trending up. Yeah. Big win. If, if they can repeat what they did in this game in, at home against Georgia, hey, I might say they're winning national championship next year, but. Whoa, 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 whoa. Slow way down, Jordan. Okay, way down. Calling it here. All right, well, well, I'll save this video and play it at the beginning of next year's preview season, okay? Uh, Uh, No, yeah, Florida Florida just looked – they dominated this game all the way through, and Tennessee just looked kind of lost. Yeah, I I, I was kind of not buying Tennessee. I was part of – I mean, I think there were some top ten lists last couple weeks with them on it, and I I don't think we had them on there. I I just feel like they – they're just missing something. I think it's the quarterback position. So um, maybe they'll go to the young quarterback that they're paying a lot of money for um, next. But I just don't think Joe Milton's going to going to get it there for him. No. All right. Um, I'll just quickly touch on Utah. They 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 played. They did what they're supposed to do. They did not look past Weber State. They won thirty-one to seven. Utah doesn't look like the team that would look past anybody anyway. They just go in there. They defensively destroy you and then move on with life. Um, so they won 31 7. Nate Johnson had a decent game, 193 yards. They are probably desperately missing Cam Rising. Um, Cam I Rising, think, I wouldn't be surprised. UCLA I, I next, right? I wouldn't be surprised if we see him next week play against UCLA just because it's a huge game. 
Yeah, I think they're kind of trying to get him ready for that one. We'll see if he is because they don't have him. They're losing that game. Um, um, yeah, and then Oregon. They play Oregon State after that. They need him. Yeah, I don't know how. I don't know how how healthy. I mean, that's a quick turnaround from January torn ACL. Cam Rising is the man. He's right? Rise above it. I know. Um, we'll see if he does. We'll see if he does. All right. Um, let me see who else is here. So let's talk about LSU. I project LSU. I, I was talking of LSU fans as well. Maybe I'm just like jinxing teams from doing terrible and making them play well. Yeah, so you, you can fake me. You can fake me now. However, you guys want to fake me, you know, cash benefits would be great. Um, LSU won 41 to 14. Um, they look like the best team in SEC, which is weird because they, they did not look like that against Florida State. It's kind of a week to week season, I guess. But Jaden Daniels, 30 or 34 yards, 361 yards. Um, I mean, 30 for 34, 361 yards, two touchdowns, really, really great game. Um, he also ran for 64 yards. Logan Diggs um, had 41 yards as the top rusher. Um, they look good. Um, I, I will say I the uh, Mississippi State offense did not. I thought Will Rogers was going to play better. I wonder with Mike Leach no longer being there, uh, rest in peace, I wonder if that hurts him at all because he was 11 of 28 for 103 yards. As he says, it seemed like his type of performance. I also maybe it's the LSU defense, but I really felt like the corners were a weakness just based on what we saw in a Florida State game. But again, it, that's where you, you develop from week one to week two and three. I, so maybe that's what it is. What do you think? No, I think I, I kept hearing things about their offense was switching around because, you know, Mike Leach's offense was more, you know, pass heavy. And I just don't think Will Rogers is comfortable right now in this offense, honestly, like, you know, so I, I think that was the biggest thing for this game. And LSU has more star power, has more speed, has a lot more things than Mississippi State, and I think that's what carried them in this game. And I think it didn't help that Jaden Daniels probably had his best game of the season, throwing for 30, for 34, 361 yards and two touchdowns. So – I don't. I don't think that helped at all. So I, there's not a lot to say in this game. I think LSU knew that they. A lot of people were talking about the game, and I think they handled their business in this one. Yep. Um, I'll just quickly touch on Oregon, Hawaii. They Oregon won fifty-five to ten. So um, it's about what you expect with a with a one and three Hawaii team. They played well the first couple of games against okay opponents, but obviously they're just outmatched talent-wise here at Oregon. Uh, Bo Nix had a decent game, 247 yards, three touchdowns, but he'd have to do a lot. Uh, I think Ty Thompson um, came in for a little bit and ran the offense. So, um, yeah, Oregon continues to truck along to some of the tougher matchups. I think they play Colorado next week. Um, so we'll see how, how that looks like when they when they play that team. Um, all right, Kansas State. They lost 30 to 27 on a 61 yard field goal. Um, yeah, you know, Missouri's that scrappy team, and we never what they did against Georgia last year. Uh, but Brady Cook, I like Brady Cook. Um, any quarterback that has Brady in the name, I mean they're they're guaranteed to have a pretty pretty good career, pretty good stats. But he was um 356 yards and two touchdowns, played well. Will Howard um struggled a little bit in this game. He was they asked him to throw a lot, he threw 39 times. Um, and he completed 25 of them. He had 270 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. Um, they couldn't get the – I mean, they're, they're definitely missing the – what's his name, running back court on Dallas Cowboys now. Help me. Uh, I don't know. From last year, you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, they're missing him for sure. I mean, they had a lot of um, – they had 35 carries for 138 yards, so only 3.9 yards a carry. They're really needing that um, – that ground game to get going. It was not getting going with Missouri had a pretty decent defensive plan. Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn. Yes. Um, they need a Deuce Vaughn to break, they have a game breaker and they just, they don't have that. So they struggled a bit here, and but Missouri got another good win. So what, what were you, I know you were watching this one, George, what did you think of this one? Oh, this, honestly, I watched it uh, close to the end because uh, I saw that it was almost, it was going to be an upset. I called it. Um, just you so did you call it, know. call it on the podcast. Um, but, uh, I thought it was going to be going to overtime because at the end they did that delay the last play and it was a delay of game. Um, because, because 
they spiked the ball, thought it was they all were huddled talking, and then the the uh, clock went down, ran down, the play clock. So they lost five yards. They threw a pass. They got deflected. They were like, okay. No one thought they were going to go for a 61-yard field goal. And they did, and the guy made it. It's the longest in SEC history. And uh, the game, honestly, both teams offensively didn't look great. I don't know. They they did. They both. It just looked. It was like a scrappy game where like one team would hit you, and then the other team would hit you, and it would just. That's why the game. Uh, <clears throat> I just think Kansas State didn't is is not didn't look that great at all. Um, I think it didn't help that it was in Missouri. Missouri at halftime was up 17-14. Kansas State scored 10 in the second, the third quarter. In the third quarter, fourth quarter, they scored three, and then Missouri scored 13. So I just think they just didn't look great. Like you said, they don't have that star to put up the numbers that would break away and have a big, big game or a big run. And Missouri did this game, and they had uh, Luther – Borden had uh, 114 yards receiving. So I think Missouri is just a scrappy team and they finished the game like they should. And I honestly would be afraid to play them just because they look like they can hit you in the mouth if they need to. Yeah, they come. They just pull these kind of performances you know, out of nowhere sometimes. Sometimes they look terrible. Some weeks they just pull out these type of performances. They, they only won by four last week to Middle Tennessee State. So Yeah, they're kind of like, you know. Jekyll and Hyde there. I, I just don't, you know, Jekyll and Hyde, I don't think you don't know what you're going to get to that comes out. All right. Um, quickly go for some of these other ones. Oregon State, 26 and nine over San Diego. This was a terrible looking game. DJU looked like his Clemson self with uh, 14 of 30, 284, a touchdown and two interceptions. They got to clean that up. They got to hope this is kind of a one-off game here as they look ahead to the better matchups, but uh, was not impressed with Oregon State in this one, but they, they just got to keep you know, cleaning him up and getting him some development there. Um, Ole Miss beat up on Georgia Tech 48 to 23. Jackson Dart, I, I am getting more and more confident in his abilities each and every week. Uh, last year, I, he struggled, but this this week, I really liked what he did. He um, didn't have to do a lot 10 of 18 for 251 yards and a touch. Um, you know, they have a pretty decent, um, stable running backs. He also I didn't think this Jackson Dirk had his in him, but he had he ran for 136 yards in this game as well. So, uh, great performance there by by Jackson Dirk overall. I think Ole Miss uh, they're playing Alabama next week. Am I right on that, Jordan? Yes, I th- I think you're correct on that. Yes, I'm going to predict now. Ole Miss Ole Miss is winning that game. They play that. Alabama at Alabama. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know what. Maybe I'll hold that pick for for I know where the quarterback is in Alabama first. Uh, but I think they might win that game. So we'll talk that in the review uh, podcast next week. Um, I think the most impressive team right now in the Big 12 might be Oklahoma. They won another game, 66-17 to 17 over Tulsa. Now, again, this is some terrible competition, but I think Dylan Gabriel looked good, 28-31, 421 yards, five touchdowns, only one pick. Um, I really like what Oklahoma's doing. They they, they really – these type of games last year, they would have lost or made it really close, so – I like that they're playing well, getting into conference play. I'm interested to see what some of these games look like. I think they um, they play Cincinnati. If I'm yeah, they play seeing. Cincinnati next. Week. I think Cincinnati looks terrible, so they're probably going to destroy Cincinnati next week. Um, then I'm interested to see this Oklahoma Texas game. That's going to be a really good game this year, I think. So uh, we'll see. Uh, moving ahead, um, obviously this was um, kind of the game of the weekend for some Colorado Colorado State. Double overtime, Colorado won 43-35. to 35. Um, Colorado State had a 10-point lead there in, um, in the fourth quarter, but Colorado State was able to come back and win. 11-point um, lead, let me um, make that correction. Um, and, you know, Shear Sanders had a decent game of 348 yards, four touchdowns of the pick, um, but Travis Hunter did get hurt in this game. I think I just read on Twitter he's going to be out a few games. Uh, which is going to hurt them get some of the more talented like Oregon's and USC's of the world because uh, they need all the talent they can get when they're re- overturning this roster. So any any thoughts on Colorado? Um, honestly, if Colorado State had a better quarterback, just a little better, 
Then I mean, he threw pretty good. He did good. He just threw too many picks and too many bad turn, decisions. If he didn't turn over the ball so much, I think Colorado State would have won this game. And I, I, I feel like I don't like <clears throat> the hype train for Colorado is slowly coming to a halt because they, you know, I, I get it. It's a rival game, but when you're at home and it's a twenty-three point, you're a twenty-three point favorite. You would think that you would. Uh, win this game um and i feel I, i'm happy for anyone that bet the over on this game because they won good good job everybody <laughs> but but no i i think they're slowing down i think it doesn't really help again that they can't run the ball yeah. so that's the biggest thing still for me is colorado looks good offensively but their run game is not it's not a thing all right, I'm gonna do some quick hitters here to wrap us up. Uh, Duke won 38 to 14. Um, they're they're looking impressive. I think they they're going to keep winning their games, and then they have another Dame here in a couple weeks. That's going to be an interesting game. I think Riley Leonard, great great game, 219 yards passing, 97 yards rushing. It continues to look good there. Northwestern continues to look terrible. Um, nothing much I'll say about that one. But North Carolina um, beat Minnesota 31 to 13. Their defense is looking much better this year. Um, again. Last week, I think it was a little bit of aberration against App State, but they look good. Um, Drake May kind of rebounded a performance of 414 yards, passing two touchdowns. Did have two picks, but overall had a pretty decent game. Um, Miami on Thursday beat um, Buffin-Kuman, 48-17. Cookman, sorry. Um, and, I mean, they, I think Tyler Van Dyke looked good. Uh, 247 yards, two touchdowns. The offense is clicking. Defense is playing well, so that's good for Miami to continue to go in that route. Uh, Washington State won 64 to 21 over Northern Colorado. Didn't know that was a team, but it is. Um, and again, that was it. That was pretty much over from the first quarter. Cam Ward, I really like him as quarterback. I called it last year that Washington State was was a, could be a potential dark horse team, as now carried over to this year. And I continue to say there, going to do some the, things. The thing is, this is why the Pac-12 is the best conference right now in all of college football. When you have Washington State. Score 43 points in the first half. Yeah, it's a nobody team. But then you have UCLA score 45 points in the first half against a nobody team. Their offenses and offense in Pac-12 country are crazy. Yep. Um, speaking of UCLA, I, I mentioned they won 59 to seven over North Carolina Central. The running backs. So Anthony Atkins, 10 carries. 96 yards, a touchdown. Carson Steele, five carries, 83 yards, touchdown. T.J. Harden, five carries, 66 yards, touchdown. Colson Yankoff, six carries, 61 yards, touchdown. Colin Sheehy, three carries, 60 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, they're just like, they're running all over his team. Four, four, 400, 404 rushing yards. And six touchdowns. That's crazy. Um, good job for them. So that's that Utah UCLA game is gonna be interesting in a couple weeks or next week, I guess, right? Um, unless they're yep. on a buy. Um, all right, and then he had Iowa. Hey, they're they're on their march for 25 points a game to save on Brian Prince's job there, offensive coordinator. Um, but 41 to 10 over Western Michigan. Um, the offense still looked terrible though. K McNamara nine and 19 for 103 yards. I don't want to see how he had a pretty decent stats at Michigan and he's just he he's perfect now in the Iowa offense where he throws barely any yards and multiple picks and multiple touchdowns. I don't know that's just terrible Iowa but they had they won so there you go and then I upset um BYU I guess upset I don't know if I would call it upset but BYU beat Arkansas 38 to 31 Keenan Slovis been pretty good in this BYU offense he had um 167 yards two touchdowns KJ Jefferson a lot of people hyped him up in the, in the offseason he just He's just too inconsistent um, here. He had a pick, 37 QBR, not great. So um, any any closing thoughts on uh, from you, Jordan, um, on week three? Um, just want to say I don't think Wisconsin's back. Um, they were up seven, Wisconsin? Seven. I, did not, I did not pay attention they, to Wisconsin. They won 35-14 against Georgia Southern. They were tied at seven at halftime. Oh, man. Um, they did score 21 in the third quarter. But they still kind of don't look like they're back. But year one with new head coach, I, it, you know, things happen. I think Vanderbilt lost, didn't they? 
to UNLV. Uh, sure. Um, so oh, yeah, we we just gotta put this out for Jess. App State beat ECU forty three twenty eight. Hey, well at least they have more than three points. I mean, um, and and also Rutgers won three. They're three and 35 to sixteen against Virginia Tech. How bad is Virginia Tech and Virginia? <laughs> They're bad. The Virginia teams, man. I feel for you, Virginia fans. You, you don't have a pro team, and now you have terrible college team. I just I feel bad for you. Oh, and then the last one is uh, Oklahoma State lost to South oh, yes. Alabama thirty. We'll end on this. We'll wrap up on this. This thirty-three to seven. Um, oh God, Oklahoma State. What's going on there? Um, Oklahoma State had one hundred and fourteen passing yards and ninety-four rushing yards. Well. When you when you bring in those southern Alabamas of the world, you can't just you can't play around with them. They'll, you gotta take them serious. So, um, Oklahoma State, you know, they had a lot of transfers. They, I mean, I would say half the team transferred, and that wasn't because they got pushed out. They decided to leave. Uh, so there's a culture thing going on there, and I, I, they they definitely have to look into that and fix it or fire the coach. And, and especially when you have you had one of the better defenses in college football two years ago. Yeah, now, and you, now you let up 243 rushing yards. Meanwhile, Spencer Sanders um, threw no passes for Ole, for Ole Miss and had one rush for 14 yards. He left Oklahoma State. If he was Oklahoma State, maybe they'd be better because he can actually give that pulse. To you. I don't know what happened between those two, but I don't think Spencer Sanders should have left. They didn't need him to leave. He did. I mean, they're not either one of them are benefited. I bet if they could take that back, maybe he would go back and, and be quarterback there. But you know, he can't do that. So. Um, yeah, no, it was an interesting weekend. I'm really looking forward to next week. There's some really good games. Like I said, we'll preview it um, on the podcast in the middle of the week. Um, as always, though, if you have any mailbag questions, anything you want us to answer about this weekend or weekend ahead, feel free to um, you know write us on on um, on X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it um, on in the flat pod and or via our website in the flat podcast.com. And make sure you subscribe to us on on. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or all the other podcast areas if you want to continue to listen and hear this as soon as it's published. All right, guys, we'll talk to you next week. Bye.